Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. It's time for another show dedicated to the world of keto. Check out ketoreset.com for details about my New York Times bestselling book and send your questions to info at ketoreset.com. Hi, thanks for listening. Let's talk about fasting. One of my favorite subjects as of late, coming out of my 140-day ketogenic eating experiment and digging deep into the assorted health benefits of fasting and ketone burning. And it's been a wonderful eye-opener to realize that your body simply works better in a fasted state. And these are uh, genetics, survival mechanisms built in to allow us to survive and even thrive, even generate energy efficiently and carry on for a long period of time without having access to external sources of food, regular meals. And this is kind of the essence of our ancestral experience and the process of human evolution for the last two and a half million years. There was never a steady supply of food until only very recently, the dawn of civilization, say the last 10,000 years. But before that, humans had to get by and perform great amounts of physical work and be very active without necessarily having access to regular meals. And when they did, they most certainly ate in an ancestral aligned pattern, which in most cases is high fat. And by comparison to today's standard American diet, Western diet, uh, very low in carbohydrate intake. And when you're in that high fat optimal protein and low carbohydrate intake pattern, you become fat and keto adapted. Fat becomes your primary source of energy, whether it's from stored energy or from uh, high fat meals. And you generate this energy rich byproduct of ketones manufactured in the liver to perform in the body just like glucose, uh, leaving you uh, free from the extreme dependency on regular doses of high carbohydrate meals Uh, to burn glucose as your preferred source of energy. So when you're in this fasted state, your body works better in many ways, and mainly by improving metabolic function in many ways, cellular repair, immune function, and the generation of a clean burning source of energy, the internal fuel sources that we have of fat and ketones and carbohydrates from the storage form of glycogen. And this is, uh, the liver is the one to congratulate for this exquisite regulation of our energy needs at all times, whether we're dealing with ingested calories such as alcohol. And when you consume alcohol, it's toxic in the bloodstream, so your liver uh, processes it and it's burned right away. It's the first to burn source of calories. That's why it can compromise your fat reduction efforts because all other forms of calorie burning are put on hold while you burn through the alcohol calories. And glucose, the source of uh, calories from energy from carbohydrate, is also an easy and quick burning fuel. So when you have ample glucose available, your body will burn that quickly and put fat burning on hold to the extent that when you consume an excessive amount of carbohydrates that you don't need to burn off immediately, your body will convert those calories into fat and store them. And that's the essence of the uh, lifelong struggle with the accumulation of excess body fat and also many disease risk factors and disease patterns that occur from the high-carbohydrate diet. Um, So we're stuck in this carbohydrate dependency pattern, and the way out of it is to become fat and keto-adapted. Once you make progress toward those goals, 
by modifying your diet to tone down that wildly excessive carbohydrate intake, then you realize what it's like to actually be healthy and energetic and good at burning internal sources of energy. So the fasting comes into play because it's a way to demonstrate your metabolic fitness. When you skip a meal or when you wait to consume calories uh, when you wake up, you wait until you're hungry to consume calories, you are telling your body to generate energy internally. What this does is it stimulates mitochondrial biogenesis, the making of new mitochondria, and the improving function of your existing mitochondria. And those are the energy-rich powerhouses inside each cell that are responsible for uh, the burning of cellular energy. So when you have more uh, a large amount and highly functioning mitochondria in your body, you protect yourself from the oxidative damage of not only the mere burning of calories, but also living life, breathing air, being exposed to sun, uh, stress, adverse lifestyle circumstances, bad food choices, chronic exercise. So you, you when you become a fat-burning beast, you also become a healthy cellular organism that isn't so subject to the disease patterns caused by burning dirty burning fuel. If you like car analogies, you can envision when you're fat adapted, you're like an electric car. You don't spew any smoke, uh, maybe a solar-powered electric car, right? So you have a constant supply of energy. The sun's beating down on your panels on your roof. I guess we'll get there in a few years, huh? And you're able to just perform at a high level, nice, clean, burning, quiet engine. In contrast, as the carbohydrate-dependent organism, you are constantly stopping at the gas station to pump in more low-octane fuel, and you're accelerating away, and the smoke is coming out of the exhaust pipe. And when you do run out of gas, which happens frequently, uh, you have to pull over to the side of the road, and you get tired, cranky, upset, and there, there we have the difference between uh, fat-adapted and carbohydrate-dependent. So what I got out of my uh, journey into nutritional ketosis was a number of wonderful benefits, more energy, better cognitive function, faster recovery from uh, intense exercise, and overall improved metabolic flexibility such that I didn't need to rely upon regular meals and I could go for long periods of time either without eating or eating uh, keto-aligned meals, and we'll have all kinds of commentary about that, of course, but you know, generally speaking, you're eating a string of meals where your total daily caloric intake uh, is under 50 grams of carbohydrates in a day, and your protein is also optimized rather than exceeded, which is common with uh, uh, ill-designed uh, standard Western dietary pattern. So when you keep those carbs low and you're either fasting, skipping meals, or eating keto-aligned meals, you're getting into this groove, this ketosis groove. Um, you can test your blood and uh, determine what your ketone values are. But as we get into this complexity in the book, sometimes you're putting up low numbers, but you're still uh, efficiently burning fat and ketones. So these subjective factors uh, we advocate are far more important, and that is, can you function well without having to consume regular meals? Can you skip a meal without experiencing a dip in energy and cravings and fallout and backsliding that occurs when you're carbohydrate dependent? Um, a lot of people will say that the adherence to the ketogenic style diet is difficult and possibly compromising your enjoyment of life because it calls for so few calories 
uh, when you think about what that number 50 and how easy it is to get to, you're really being restrictive of many forms of even nutritious carbs. You're restricting all forms of refined carbs, which is fine because there's never any call to consume that no matter who you are, what kind of diet you're following. So the sugars, the refined grains, sweetened beverages, those are off the table. But even when you're trying to adhere to ketosis, um, you're basically eating uh, still abundant servings of vegetables and then very little fruit, little or no nutritious carbs, things like sweet potatoes, wild rice, quinoa, and the incidental carbohydrate consumption from foods like high cacao percentage dark chocolate, nuts and seeds in their derivative butters, high fat dairy products is also having to be regulated. So it might not be um, a favorable permanent choice for many people. For others, it might be the best long-term the rest of your life choice to just remain in ketosis, especially if you're coming from metabolic damage or disease risk factors, it's certainly worth considering. Um, there's great research coming out about how uh, being in a ketone burning state can really help battle the growth of cancerous tumors and also help protect against the extremely common and increasingly common pattern of cognitive disease and cognitive decline. Because when your brain is burning ketones, um, you're producing less inflammation. It's a much cleaner burning fuel source than the glucose that your brain generally has to rely on. Your brain can't burn fat, so it relies on exclusively glucose unless you're keto adapted and can send some ketones up there to burn. And so you have a more oxygenated brain with the brain neurons firing more efficiently and recovering and re-energizing the sodium potassium pumps in the brain neurons. Everything is working with greater functionality and greater output when you're in this ketone burning state. And the essence of cognitive decline is dysfunctional brain metabolism, dysfunctional mitochondria, uh, increased oxidative damage from constantly relying on glucose to fuel brain function, and also less oxygen delivery to the brain, which is kind of the essence of how the disease pattern begins. So you're kind of giving your brain a cleaner burning fuel, by far the way most sensitive uh, organ in the body in terms of fuel source and how well the fuel is metabolized, but of course, all the other organs and systems in the body benefiting from being in this ketone burning state. So if you can't stick to that carbohydrate limit all the time, uh, aren't interested in doing so, or you have um, some high energy demand needs, such as being a active athlete, whether in endurance or strength and power sports, where you're doing high glycolytic workouts, or you're burning a lot of energy in total by producing a lot of workout volume every week, um, this is where fasting can come into play as sort of a nice baseline um, dietary and lifestyle practice. So that was my best takeaway. Um, and to rise above the fray of, you know, what's the best uh, number of grams to consume in carbohydrates per day and all the individuality and the personal concerns. One thing that um, I want to come out and advocate really strongly is to put fasting into the mix as a default lifestyle strategy. And the easiest and most simplest way to do that is to wait until you experience true sensations of hunger before you eat your first meal of the day. So it's fasting until when in the morning, W-H-E-N, when hunger ensues naturally. Um, so we're going to transition out of this dated mindset that breakfast is the most important meal of the day and go to... Um, a mindset where we're developing metabolic flexibility when we call upon internal energy sources to burn. And we know what's going on. I just explained how clean burning is happening inside the body. 
Um, there's a great sidebar in the book Keto Reset Diet called Jamba Fasting Mon. And it's comparing the mentality about going to the juice place and getting these super uh, high antioxidant bombs of different concoctions of juiced agents, healthy plant matter. Um, and that's all great, but a lot of times these come with a high dose of carbohydrate because you're getting concentrated source of calories out of all the, uh, the plant matter. And when you compare that to a period of fasting, going to the juice bar is uh, a little sexier and more fun, and you can talk with like-minded juice enthusiasts, but when you're home quietly fasting and you're calling upon those internal energy production sources and you're sending a hormetic stress message to your cells, a positive natural stressor, you are calling upon your cells to make more mitochondria. You are calling upon the natural cellular detoxification process called autophagy. And autophagy takes place when you're in a fasted state or it takes place at a more accelerated rate. You also get the experience of apoptosis. That's the programmed cell death when certain cells are dysfunctional, old, not working well, and your body gets the message to snuff those out and extinguish them before they are allowed to proliferate and turn into cancerous cells. So autophagy, apoptosis, enhanced cellular repair while you're in a fasted state, and you can get these wonderful benefits every single day, for example, if you delay your morning meal. Because I'm saying morning as a suggestion, not a, not mandatory, but then you're allowed to leverage all the hours of fasting that you were already in from sleeping. So everyone's good at fasting. We do it every single night while we're asleep. And then when we wake up, many of us in the standard uh, Western dietary pattern will slam down a high carbohydrate breakfast and immediately uh, arrest all those fasting-like benefits, those ketone-burning benefits, and the potential to become a fat-burning beast rather than carbohydrate-dependent. Because once we slam that first dosage of carbohydrates, uh, we get the immediate energy boost from the glucose. Since we have poor sleep habits and poor evening uh, screen and light exposure habits, we need that glucose, oftentimes coupled with caffeine, to uh, get sort of an artificial or a quick boost of external energy to fuel us through those morning hours when we're not feeling high energy due to adverse lifestyle practices. So you get your all-American power breakfast, your oatmeal, your juice, your cereal, your toast with jam, um, all that great stuff going down the pipe. Um, you burn through it, and then you have your first experience of the daily energy roller coaster, which is the insulin response, removing energy from your bloodstream and making you feel tired and cranky and hungry for your next meal or at least a snack. And that's the way of life that it's been for many, many decades until the dawn of the primal paleo movement when people realized the uh, allure of transitioning away from carbs to a fat-adapted diet. So we want in on all this great stuff, all these great benefits of fasting. How do we do it? And it's a process, and there's some do's and don'ts. Um, the main don't is don't try this stuff until you are well fat adapted. Because if you're in carbohydrate dependency, and you decide to get motivated and psyched and fast and do a cleanse, and these are so popular, and you have the eight-day cleanse and the 30-day cleanse, you have things that are called fasts but are not, like the brown rice fast or the juice fast. Look up fasting in the dictionary and you will find that it's a complete restriction of all forms of calories. So when we have our 
high-fat morning coffee and we fast until 1 p.m., we're not really fasting until 1 p.m. because we're consuming calories and that is the breaking of the fast. So when I'm talking about fasting on this show and just in this context, let's be clear with our definitions that fasting implies not consuming any calories. Okay, maybe you can squirt a lemon into your water and have two calories of lemon, not worry about it. But a high-fat coffee, totally different story. And that's possibly a lifestyle strategy that appeals to you. Um, But we can rethink this when we're going for those fasting-like benefits from a true fast. And notice I don't say intermittent fasting, um, which is a very popular term. It's come into the lexicon, but it doesn't make sense to me because fasting is intermittent. It's You're going between meals and not eating. So I'm just going to drop that qualifier and talk about fasting, fasting. Maybe it'll catch on. What do you think? I'll reverse the popular culture and we'll just call it fasting from now on. (laughs) Okay, so you're going through your morning hours, you're going to try it, Um, you call yourself fat adapted, and first you got to test this out and see how long you can last without meals and what happens to your uh, cognitive function, your energy levels and things like that. And so I'm going to say, especially at the outset, when you first experience sensations of hunger, you honor those and you go eat something. So we don't want to advocate fighting through hunger at any time, especially in the early months or years of your transition away from carbs toward fat. Because when you get those hunger signals and you ignore them, what you're doing is you're calling upon willpower because you really want to eat something and you're telling yourself, nope, I'm going to last till 12 noon because I told myself I would or my, my fasting partner. And when you call upon willpower like that, you weaken willpower. Willpower is a very fragile and tenuous resource and it shouldn't really be used for dietary transformation. The dietary transformation all wants to be natural and easy to maintain in order to promote long-term success. So when you wake up, you should feel great in a fasted state and be able to carry on for an hour, two hours, three hours, four hours, six hours, whatever it is that's comfortable to you as you build up your metabolic fitness. So the standard to strive for here is that fasting improves your cognitive function, improves your or or just stabilizes your energy. I don't want to get too blathery here. I already sound enthusiastic enough. Fasting, I feel fantastic. I perform better in my workout. Okay, not necessarily. We're not going to Uh, credit fasting with helping you perform better in your workout or or think even more clearly. Even though people are saying that about ketones and ketone burning enhances mental clarity, um, possibly on a scientific level. But let's just say we want to get the best out of ourselves. We know that fasting is not a magical pill and there is no such thing, but we want to get the best out of ourselves and not feel the adverse consequences of that high carbohydrate standard American dietary pattern. So fasting is going to allow you to feel great and over time not require that morning meal. You'll be able to generate energy naturally. Another benefit of it is when you do eat, when you wait until you experience hunger to enjoy a meal, you have a much greater appreciation for food than you do when you're just eating in a robotic manner on a regimented schedule like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So food tastes better. You appreciate it more. I feel like personally I have a tendency to... Uh, engage in healthier mealtime habits. So I actually take the time to prepare a nice meal. I sit down, I enjoy it. I'm not eating on the go because I'm not eating all day long and snacking all day long. 
you're more efficient with your time because when you wake up and get right to it, whether it's a workout or onto the computer or onto the road, whatever you have to do without having that pit stop necessary because you're so good at burning energy internally, um, that's kind of a fun side benefit as well. Um, But what you're doing is you're banking a ton of hours in this fasted state when you piggyback overnight fast with morning fast. And so you're getting all those aforementioned cellular metabolic hormonal benefits. And then when it's time to eat, if you want to enjoy a varied diet and perhaps a meal that's higher in carbohydrate uh, that would warrant maintaining nutritional ketosis, it's okay because you banked a ton of hours, you made a large deposit into the health bank, and now you can enjoy meals. Maybe you're an athlete, you're concerned about recovery, uh, so you can go have your sweet potatoes, you can have your indulgences that are really really well chosen and well formulated, You know, really nice high quality dark chocolate uh, with some almond butter that's going to add up to, oh no, 24 carbohydrate grams if you add it all up and you had a big serving and that's half your daily allotment for keto and that's really going to mess you up, especially when you have half a sweet potato with your salmon and broccoli dinner. So we're kind of talking about an easier to adhere to, more appealing long-term strategy. Uh, So we have keto as a strategy, nutritional ketosis as a strategy, especially for targeted athletic benefits, especially for weight loss, especially for disease protection. And then we have fasting, which is within reach of all of us. It's not as big of an ask as it is to stay firmly in nutritional ketosis for a minimum six-week period, which is what we advocate in the book, The Keto Reset Diet. However, I will say that's a bucket list item for everyone. So you want to do at least one of those stints, building up to it properly with the 21-day metabolism reset as well, but at least one stint of nutritional ketosis in your life to get that metabolic flexibility built up, that high fitness level, and then perhaps as an annual tool or a semi-annual tool, or you like to go into a two- or three-week mini-keto stint as sort of a reset effect, um, that's all wonderful. But when we're talking about fasting, maybe it's a practice that you could adhere to every single day, uh, waiting till you experience hunger to eat in the morning, or perhaps getting into a mode of having a big healthy breakfast, especially if you're on the go and you don't have access to food at lunchtime, but skipping lunch or just taking a small snack instead of a large sit-down lunch, which oftentimes I remember having a really difficult time going back and sitting down in the office after a big lunch, even if it was a healthy lunch, because digesting those calories requires energy and can make you feel a little bit tired, a little bit droopy, especially during that natural dip in the circadian rhythm that happens every afternoon. Furthermore, when you get good at this, you can pair fasting with uh, exercise, especially intense exercise, to accelerate all of the aforementioned benefits like becoming fat adapted, burning off excess body fat, um, even violently rewiring your appetite hormones away from any uh, sweet tooth and toward uh, the ability to burn fat or enjoy a high fat meal as the ultimate reward instead of sugar. And we have a whole show about that on Primal Endurance Podcast with Dr. Kate Shanahan and also Rob Hogan, the speed golfer, the amazing story that's chronicled in the Keto Reset Diet and also in Primal Endurance about his violently rewiring his appetite hormones away from sugar through depleting workouts and fasting. So all these wonderful benefits, especially for athletes when you Uh, do a workout in a fasted state, and then wait a bit after the workout before you eat. Um, That's the ultimate in metabolic flexibility, the ultimate display of metabolic fitness, and that's when you can really get to um, 
the, the, the weight loss goals that have escaped you, even with devoted attention to uh, sensible eating habits and uh, commitment to exercise. So that's kind of taken it to the, the highest level is doing fasted workouts and then waiting to eat after the workout. Um, Tour de France cyclists love to do that because they want to cut those final five pounds of excess body fat uh, before the race and look like skeletons on the starting line because the strength to weight ratio in the mountains is such a critical factor for success. So they'll go and do a five, six, seven hour ride and they'll come home and they'll wait a couple more hours to eat and they'll just be turbocharging fat reduction like nothing else. And all this stuff works and applies to you even during a normal routine day at the office. So if you're fasting, you're accelerating your internal uh, fat oxidation, the burning of stored body fat and making of ketones, uh, but it's just exacerbated uh, or accelerated when you're pairing workouts with fasting. Uh, but we want to close this conversation with uh, something really important when it comes to the do's and don'ts. We talked a lot about do, 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 but it's all under the assumption that you're fat adapted, that you're good at burning fat, that you regulate your carbohydrate intake and insulin production so that you're not in that disastrous uh, standard high carbohydrate eating pattern. Because if you are and you try to fast, what you will stimulate is a fight or flight response. Your body don't like to be no starving when you're used to eating sugar every single day, okay? So if you wake up and all of a sudden you decide to turn your life around and skip breakfast, but you've been eating that all-American breakfast day after day after day, what's going to happen is when your body doesn't get that food, it's going to go into alarm state and you will trigger gluconeogenesis, the conversion of amino acids into glucose for quick energy. That's a fundamental component of the fight or flight response and the prominent stress hormone cortisol. So you will get your breakfast and you'll get your breakfast from uh, breaking down your body and putting yourself into this sympathetic nervous system dominant uh, sugar burning state. And this will happen for a while, could be three weeks, could be six weeks. And this is what the story of the traditional dieter is, where they go on a diet, they get rid of all that junk food, so they have um, some health improvement and they feel great and they feel energetic and they're not even hungry and they're going along just fine. But what they are is in a sort of crisis mode that maybe we can all relate to during those periods of great personal trauma, whatever it is, workplace, personal relationships, family, uh, you find yourself kind of wired on adrenaline, wired on stress every single day when you wake up, you're not even hungry for your normal breakfast and you can go, go, go all day long without crashing and burning and feeling those afternoon blues like you would under normal circumstances. And these are simply the stress hormones taking over and hijacking normal peacetime metabolic function and doing the best they can to help you function at a heightened level due to the stimulation of the extreme lifestyle stress. Um, this is all fine and dandy until you finally arrive at your ultimate destination of burnout. And when your body can't hang any longer with this starvation type diet, where you're a sugar burner, you're not very good at burning stored body fat, so you're primarily relying on sugar, you're not getting it from the diet, what you start to notice is a slowed normal metabolic function, slower than normal. So you feel a little sluggish, a little dry gas, um, and that's just your body slowing you down so you don't burn as many calories so you can survive and uh, handle this abrupt and highly stressful lifestyle change, the elimination of the normal high load of sugar from your diet. 
Um, the other thing that's going on is that you're going to get these extreme sensations of hunger because you are messing with your appetite hormones by not getting yourself enough food, your usual fuel source. And so you will have strong desire to binge on vast quantities of sugar because of this depletion state that you've been forcing yourself to adhere to for a while. And so you're going to have a tendency to overeat. And guess what happens genetically hormonal level when you like to stuff your face, uh, when you're compelled to stuff your face due to the powerful influence of appetite hormones? What happens is your body is more predisposed to storing those calories as fat as, again, a starvation survival response to an extreme calorie restriction diet when you're not fat adapted. So we want to escape from the dismal pattern of dietary failure that's been going on for so long and first become fat adapted before we mess with this crazy stuff like fasting. That's why the when hunger ensues naturally strategy is so effective. Um, if you, let's say, haven't been doing a great job of adhering your eating pattern to primal paleo style, so you still have some grains and sugars leaking into the picture, you're still producing a significant amount of insulin in your daily eating patterns, and you'd wake up and decide to fast, guess what you're going to experience uh, an hour after awakening? You're going to experience some hunger. The hunger hormones and uh, all the sensations that trigger you to eat are going to kick in because you're not yet expert at burning, accessing and burning stored body fat. You have some insulin left over from the previous nights, uh, whatever you were eating when you were, said you were going to eat four squares of chocolate and it ended up to be 14 and you ended up washing that down with a little bit of a, a sweetened beverage or what have you. So you have those lingering effects of adverse lifestyle and dietary choices on a previous day. Those are going to kick in in manifest as a hunger experience the next day. So as you build your fitness and you keep your commitment over time, your metabolic fitness, what you're, what's going to happen in the morning is hunger is going to ensue naturally later and later. Just today, the day I'm recording this podcast, um, I had to go do a blood draw. I'm doing this Nourish, Balance, Thrive, comprehensive uh, hormonal peak performance, blood, lifestyle testing protocol. Go check out their website. I'm going to talk about it more on the podcast. Um, but I went in there, guess what, first thing in the morning, and guess what the waiting room looked like with a bunch of people who want fasted blood tests. I think there was like 14 chairs, and they were all full. So I turned around and jogged back home and said, uh, you know what, I'll come back later. I came back at 2 p.m., and the place was deserted. I was joking around with the receptionist, moving from one chair to the next to make sure I could use all 14, because there were zero when I tried in the morning, and I got my blood drawn right away. So I maintained a fasted state to uh, adhere to the blood draw regulations until 2 p.m., giving me a nice, uh, what is that even, 8 p.m. to 2 p.m., uh, 6, that's 18-hour fast, and it was a routine piece of cake, no trouble, no hunger, no decline in productivity. I don't do that every single day. Um, sometimes I might experience hunger earlier at 11 a.m. or 10 a.m., or sometimes I might just have the desire to enjoy a nice omelet that I'm going to take the time to make on a Sunday morning and put all the ingredients in and get all the nutritional benefits. Same with a green smoothie that's macronutrient balanced with avocado and protein powder and coconut milk as a base rather than a high sugar smoothie. 
and I might feel like drinking that. I might do that right after a high-intensity workout if I feel like it, and other times I might fast for two hours after a high-intensity workout. But when you build that metabolic fitness, you can break free from any sort of regimented pattern, even a regimented pattern like sticking those cards below 50 every single day for the rest of your life. And it all comes down to keeping that uh, that that sword sharpened with bouts of fasting. So go out there, try it out, enjoy it, uh, keep some records and take note of what affects your hunger sensations and your ability to carry on without food and improve your ability to uh, to fast until when, up until noon or even into the afternoon hours. And generally speaking, don't fight through hunger. Make this fun and efficient and comfortable and easy to maintain. And you will find over time that you get better and better and better so that any type of fasting, fasting exercise is a breeze because you're so good at burning fat and ketones. Thanks for listening to the topic of fasting. This is Brad Kearns. Have a great day. Hi, this is Brad Kearns to tell you about Primal Endurance Online Multimedia Educational Mastery Course. And what we have done for the past year is basically bring the book Primal Endurance to life with a series of videos and other multimedia educational material, audio, ebooks, all accessed at this online portal with everything you need to succeed in endurance training. And if you're trying to do this stuff, if you're enjoying these compelling challenges and trying not to get sick, injured, burnt out, fried, this is going to help you approach your endurance goals in a healthy, balanced manner and promote your health rather than compromise it. Get away from carbohydrate dependency and progress toward fat adaptation. It's over 120 videos many with the experts and also many others with the step-by-step instruction of what's in the book. So if you're too busy to read or you'd like to have a more comprehensive learning experience, check out Primal Endurance online. You'll have everything you need there at primalendurance.fit.